what a way to kick off this season for Leeds United. Four wins out of four for Marcello Bielsa and the mighty Whites. It was looking like a tough month on paper. It still could be a tough month, but we could not have asked for a best, better start. And Tom, was that something you saw coming? Not really, to be quite honest. Um, I mean, I thought we'd see some some impact from Bielsa, but I thought it might be a bit of a slow start as players got used to his style of football, the way he wants to play. And I thought we might see, you know, pick up sort of after the international break where we'd really sort of come on strong. But it's been, it's been out of this world. I don't think anyone can quite believe what was happening. That opening day at Ellen Road was was just ridiculous. Everyone was turning around to the, each other in the stands and were just looking at, in, at each other in incredulation. It was... No one could believe what they were seeing in front of them. It, it, oh, it's fantastic. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And yeah, the thing, the thing that struck a chord for me, obviously, beating Stoke as we did and then going to Derby and winning like that, obviously beating Bolton in the Cup and then beating Rotherham recently, is how quickly we can see Mar- Marcello Bielsa's philosophy on the pitch. It's, it's remarkable, isn't it? Four games in and we're passing the ball around at times like with Barcelona and it's like, this is the same side last season minus Barry Douglas who had a good start but absolutely crumbled and it's like... What what what's going on? It's it's crazy, isn't it? Oh, just d- different. I mean, you, let's just look at that second goal against Rotherham. The amount of people who you know sh- shout around you, you know, whack it out, get rid of it, uh, and then Leeds, you know, they they play their way out that situation. They work an opportunity. Phillips plays a wonderful ball, and you know they've turned defence from attack in the blink of an eye, and it's two nil. You know, some of the clips doing the rounds at Derby of brilliant triangle one-touch passing football, and if the goal Saez missed, you know the one that was cleared off the line by Richard Richard Wood on Saturday. If that goes in, that's one of the best goals you'll ever see live. The, the football's ridiculous. I mean. Leeds had the most passes in the championship at the weekend. I think it was 560-odd, something absolutely daft like that. And, you know, you compare that to last year, we could barely string a pass together. And the evidence is there for all to see, all those training sessions, the, th- the three sessions a day, the sessions till 7.30. It all seems to be paying off. The players look fit. They look hungry. They look ready to go. They're, it's just so impressive. It's just fantastic to watch. You know, and even if we, if we lose a couple, it's live by the sword, die by the sword. And the brand is so entertaining. It's just a joy to attend and to have a look at. Yeah, like like we said there, the, the amount of passes we had, and I think by the end of the ninety minutes against Rotherham, we'd had seventy four percent possession. I mean, for leagues, that that is almost unheard of, isn't it? To 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 be that dominant, even in the first half, I didn't think we played particularly that well. We, we obviously had good intention, but it wasn't quite working. In the second half, what have you said to them? It's clicked again, and it was just another remarkable victory. Although it was Rotherham, which I think was. Out of the three is probably our toughest test because I thought they did all right with them as well. But to see it so early on, and tomorrow we, we play Swansea, and you can't be anything but confident, can you, really? I know it's, it's going to be a difficult game, but you, you're not. I don't think anybody's going to go in tomorrow's game and think we're going to get absolutely hammered because so far we've wiped the floor with everybody we played. Well, it's, it's, like, it's going into a game with confidence. It's an almost unheard of you know, feeling for a Leeds United fan. I don't know whether to be excited. I don't know whether... Well, like. It's hard not to get complacent. This is this is something I've never felt before as a fan. It's well, not not for a long, long time anyway. It's it's a really difficult feeling. It's like, as you say, you know, Rotherham. It was it was a different test. It was I thought Paul Walls Warren set his side up very well. 
Um, you know, they, they played up to the big man, Michael Smith, up front. They played off his feet and around him and got sort of pacing behind as they tried to, you know, counter, counteract our high line and the fact that, um, you know, we didn't have that many men back. Uh, they tried to get around that. And we had to be very patient. It was, you know, it was patient build-up. There was a lot of, as we said, passes had to be put together. We had to work opportunities. We saw a lot more crosses this week, working the ball in from wide areas, having to break them down. Rotherham defended resolutely, you know. They taught Frank Lampard and Derby an absolute lesson in how to defend in the championship. They came to Ellen Road for a point. They didn't get it. But, um, you know, it was it was nice to see that we, you know, we worked out an opposition that was a very different style and worked out how to uh, solve that problem on the day and in the end came away with a very deserved three points, wasn't it? Oh, incredibly deserved. And I think it, it just shows how meticulous Bielsa is and why he's got this reputation. I mean, I'm absolutely fascinated by the guy in all, this, all honesty. And you, you see the, the media attention Leeds are getting at the moment, all the pundits, all of the radio stations, the worldwide media, they're all talking about Leeds because of Bielsa. And that's why it shows it was such a good appointment in the first place. You know, it's raised the profile of the club. Everyone's talking about Leeds, not just in England, but abroad as well. You know, last time we spoke, you mentioned about the journalist in Chile checking in to see how we were getting on. And that, you know, that's the way it should be. We're a massive club with a massive profile and we want people to be taking notice of what we're doing for a good reason rather than a bad reason. And that's all down to the head coach, isn't it? He's brought his magic bucket. He might be playing it down, but symbol of good luck for us now, isn't it? He, you watch him on the touchline. He doesn't bat an eyelid when a goal goes in. He doesn't gesticulate a fourth official. You know, he just he, he doesn't seem to rely on luck. He wants his team to do things all his own way. You saw Gary Rower and his Stoke team on that opening day throwing hissy fits all the time at decisions that didn't go their way. Bielsa and his team just don't seem to do that. The, you know, they're, they're set up. Their team is set up how they want them to play, and they don't allow any outside influences on it. There's no complaining, there's no moaning. Just get on with it. Just play football, and that's how we win games, rather than trying to, you know, coerce opposition or or the referee. And that's that's what we do. It's brilliant. Certainly is, and uh, some interesting comments um, filtered out of the Italian press today from Rad Rizzani, who basically um, sort of explained who who else was in the running for the job, and I think he named uh, Martinez, who was at the World Cup. Uh, Conte from Chelsea, which is remarkable, and Ranieri. And he'd said if he seemed to indicate that if we'd got Conte, we'd have been a guaranteed promotion, and he would have given twenty million euros or pound just to get him to the club. But for me, I I, I see Bielsa as the perfect appointment because he's got such such a thought process. I think he's the right person to sort our mess out. I don't think Martinez would be. I don't think we would be anywhere near playing the brand of football we've got now under Martinez. It may be similar, but I don't think it would be as intense or as um, worthwhile as it is at the moment. And Conte has obviously gone through a whole load of drama with Chelsea, and that's a huge name. And to say he's guaranteed success is maybe a bit disrespectful to Bielsa and B, not a guarantee. Do Do you... what, what do you think of that? Do, do you think Bielsa, out of the, the the other three, is the right person? I know it's hindsight's wonderful thing because now we can actually see what the fruition of what Bielsa's bringing in. But if you had to go back now, would 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 you pick out Bielsa from them four? 
Yeah, I mean, look, Rajasani top two in the summer. I think I don't think the Ranieri and the Martinez ones were sort of two massive secrets. He's mentioned earlier in the summer that he'd looked at a coach who was still in the World Cup, and he, you know, he'd mentioned that he looked at other high-profile managers in England that sort of ticked the box. And that, that you know, the, him and Kinnear have talked previously in interviews about that that being the route they wanted to go down. They wanted to appoint a manager with experience in the English game. Um, I definitely would rather have Bielsa over both of those two. Yeah, I think I would. Martinez, Martinez had a great World Cup with Belgium. You know, credit where credit's due. We got a lot out of that squad of players, but there were certain parts of his management at Everton that left a lot to be desired. Uh, he took a, a Wigan team that stayed a long time in the Premier League. He was the one that got them relegated despite winning the FA Cup. And who knows? I guess you could say the same with Bielsa, but Ranieri's obviously a title winner. He worked wonders in that season, but, you know, he was fired the next year. And whatever you say, you know, Leicester did sack a title winning manager, but they were sliding towards disaster faster and faster that campaign. It wasn't working for whatever reason. Um, so, in terms of that, you know, yeah, I, I think Bielsa. I would have personally preferred Bielsa from the outset over those two. I'm not sure about Conte. I mean, you know, the guy has proven success wherever he goes. Even last year when it was all falling apart, he still lifted the FA Cup with Chelsea. And I think those comments about the 20 million a year, however much tongue-in-cheek, whether they were tongue-in-cheek, um, just shows how, how hard it would have been an impossibility to get him. But, yeah, I mean, that's I, we're talking about Bielsa at Leeds as dreamland. Conte would be whatever's beyond that. I think that would have just been insane. Uh, and that would have been absolutely sensational. But what a, what a manager we have landed. And, you know, nobody can complain, certainly not at this stage. No, I think we needed that bigger-than-life character, to be honest. And when you read the comments in from the likes of Filler and that, it's regarding signings all of, all, all of the other stuff it's everything comes down to Bielsa having the final say for me that's where we all we always struggled I don't think Heckenbottom had the final say I don't think Christensen did I don't think anybody under Chilino did I don't think anybody under Bates did and now we've got a manager who's got so much respect globally that you can't bring him in and not let him have his own way. And I know Tim Vickery, the South American football expert, said he comes from a long line of uh, family of lawyers, and that's why he was so so finite in his in his contract deal with Leeds because he didn't want anything left unturned, anything in the small print, so, so to speak, metaphorically. And I think that's what we need, we've needed for a long, long time is somebody who gets to put their own stamp on it. The players do, do as he says. He gets full backing on the transfers he wants. And if somebody comes to him to a player and he says, no, that player doesn't sign, and I think we've been missing that for so long. Absolutely. We need a manager you know, who can stamp his own influence on a squad while, rather than sort of having to work with the players he's given. Um, it helps that he kind of gets the... He seems to understand the footballing culture of Leeds. You know, he's talked a lot about this being a one-club city, you know, how unique it is. He's managed in sort of similar situations. Marseille, I'd say similar sort of profile in terms of club. You know, the fans down there, it's a massive city. The fans sort of adore it down there. They live for football. Um, you know, they obviously had less successful times in the shadow of sort of PSG and Monaco have won the league more recently than them. And I think that's important that Bielsa sort of understands, you know, the sort of environment that he's working in. We are unique. I mean, apart from Newcastle, I don't know any other city in the UK where you can walk around on a match day and see so many shirts. You see so many people who are there for the game specifically. The city, especially at the moment with the sold out ground, the city sort of breeds Leeds United. It is Leeds United. Uh, the two go hand in hand. And that's so important to have somebody who understands just how much it means to the people and you know how much 
how much promotion would be. And it was the same with him, Atletico Bilbao. You know, that's a culturally a very complicated club. Um, you know, have to deal with a lot of issues going in there. And Bielsa sort of understand that. He took the time to do the research, look into the traditions of the side, and he seems to have done the same with us, and it seems to be paying off. Yeah, something I... <sighs> I've felt myself um, so far this season when I've been to Ellen Road and watched the other games. For me, it, f- it feels more Premier League. I, I, I don't know how to explain that, but it, the, whole, the whole situation feels more like we're heading towards the Premier League and there's a Premier League feeling for me. The manager, obviously the, the investment into the club shop and all that sort of stuff, modernising the club. It just feels like we're, we're now at the stage where we can finally, finally progress and we can catch up with the, the, the progress around the city including all the 2D orchestra stuff and finally we can have a football club that everybody's proud of again and the crowds this season if this continues I think every single game will pretty much be a sellout yeah I, I totally agree I think you can see a lot of modernisation has gone on Rogers only spent a sort of year preparing the club for that sort of environment even from like the digitalisation of a billboard it's a creaky old ground it always has been and that to me adds part of its character but there are certain aspects you know that sort of need modernising need commercialising you know for the for the club to you know cash in when we finally do hit the big time again uh, and look it is a Premier League club everything about it is a Premier League club but it was nice to turn up a game you know we're playing we're playing a minnow of the championship we expected to win and we did we dominated a football match and that's exactly like even when we were winning under Christensen it didn't quite feel like that even when we were winning under Monk those sort of wins they didn't come easy yeah scrappy wins weren't they yeah I remember we played Barnsley who had just been promoted in the October under Monk it was a sort of real scrappy 2-1 win yeah Barnsley turned out to be alright that season but it was really sort of tepid really sort of difficult you know, sticky Yorkshire derby, the games that sort of leads me really hard work of that sort of match usually. You know, the Yorkshire factor normally plays dead against Leeds, the other side of bang up for the game. But it was so different on Saturday. It just didn't feel, didn't have that sort of environment. We just turned up and bossed them. We outclassed them. We didn't let ourselves get into a sort of a dog fight, let the sort of um, the nature of the, you know, the underdogs coming to the big city team, the big county rival and taking over. We didn't let that affect us for once. You know, it was just so refreshing to see. And, you know, we need that to continue because we do have these games, certainly against Yorkshire clubs, where we struggle with that. We struggle with these these sides who've got such a mentality to beat us that, you know, they, they just want it more than us. But we're just able to outplay them. It was brilliant. Yeah, and I, th- I th- obviously, with the wins we've had so far, we're clearly playing without fear. But I think we're also playing without listening to the fear of the crowd as well. When there's yeah. been the like, for example, I mean, there's been less fear from yeah. the crowd. But yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, for example, on Saturday when Cooper puts the ball across the box, and he should score. Let's be honest. Fantastic oh, yeah. save from Peacock Farrell. The likes of Cooper and whoever else didn't didn't let the head score down. They got on with the game and just sort of just sort of just switched off from the mistake, and then got back to how they were before. And for me, the mental aspect of how well the players are improving under Bielsa is, is remarkable. And I want to touch on the players who last season either didn't do enough or started well and, and, and wilted away. Two players I can think of beyond other people are Saiz and Roof. I mean, so far, the two of them look absolutely... Saiz is looking unplayable in, in most games. The ball is sticking to his feet. He's been less greedy. He's been more, been more smart with his passes. He's going past players at the right times. He's not being petulant to the referee anymore, or not as much. And then Roof just—he looks like an animal. 
totally agree. Both of them have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, oh, I'll start with Saez. Um, brilliant. I mean, it's just like the player we saw that first arrived at Ellen Road. He, the magician, you know, he's so cocky on the ball. He just wants it all the time. He's he's pressing back. He's making himself available. And you're right, he's not being selfish to teammates. He feels like he's got teammates around him now that are on the same, way, same wavelength as him, which I think was always a problem last season. Um, you know, he plays up to the crowd well. And I still like the fact he's still furious to be substituted on Saturday. Mm. He stormed off with a bit of a swagger. But as long as he's not kicking bottles down the yeah. touchline, I don't, I don't mind that. I like to see the... I want to see him playing like that on the pitch. Um, Rotherham tried to... Obviously, Derby brought Bradley Johnson to man-mark him. That didn't particularly work. And then Rotherham tried to man-mark him on Saturday as well with a giant and um, yeah that, it worked to some extent but Saeed sort of freed his shackles a little bit second half he got more involved and started to dictate play and if teams are having to man mark one of our players out of the game that's alright you lose uh, someone of Saeed's quality they do a good job but space pops a ball mm, over definitely. let's not forget we had another wonderful playmaker in our ranks you've got Pablo Hernandez out there yeah right? exactly they just switch it round it means more space for Hernandez it means more space down that left flank um, and then Klitsch is taking up holes that Sai is coming to so you, know, so you know that opens up other possibilities I think Leeds can get around that and as you say Ruth just brilliant like the first week he was fantastic with his movement he you know he ran he ran really well at Stoke he really troubled Shawcross and Martin Zindi got in behind them he made them work hard but you know he missed a couple of chances there and you sort of thought mm, yeah would Bamford have stuck those away you sort of will we live to regret that and but from then on he, you know he's just kicked on he went went to Derby terrific header oh, I mean, the pretty, brilliant is fantastic how did he get up so high for a guy of his size just tremendous and then the second goal as well just technically brilliant wasn't a great pass wasn't meant for him you know, took it in in his feet, beat the defenders, and launches one in the top corner past a, a quality championship goalkeeper in in Scott Carson. And then again, he took his goal against Rotherham superbly. So you know, he's answered those critics in the first game immediately. Two man, two Sky Man of the matches in the first three games. What a what a great start! And you know, you know Bamford suddenly come in as this seven million pound striker, and all of a sudden you're thinking, how's he going to get a game? It's um, great to see the competition for places. I think he's a prime example of. Of this whole, um, well, it's documented that the players have done triple sessions into half seven nine. He looks super, super fit, Roof. Well, let's he, not forget if you, you know, if you followed him on Instagram during the summer, the guy was in the gym all summer yeah. too. He was taking it seriously. He was doing extra. He wanted it. I think he, you know, yeah. there were people accusing him of his attitude being wrong last year. There was no doubting his attitude this summer. Absolutely fantastic. He was smashing the gym in the summer. He was working hard, and you know, he must have come back in pre-season in fantastic shape. As the saying goes, the roof is is on fire, and he, he is. He's got himself three goals. He's only one behind Jim Rodriguez in the leading goal scorer charts. And long may I continue because he's keeping a seven million pound striker out, out of the team. Well, what I mean, what a what an option to have. Yeah, you know, bringing on Patrick Bamford off the bench when you need a goal. Can't complain with that. I mean, he took his chance against Bolton. Right? He was a little rusty in touches, but you know, he makes one player and stuck in the bottom corner. If a Leeds United striker does that last season, he's in the starting lineup for the rest of the campaign. So, uh, so yeah, fantastic. I think I think it's crazy that out of the five signings that we made, only one of them gets a game so far at the moment. Nice. And especially as you said, all five were sort of bought to improve the Cross team. Through, yeah. you, you, you know, I can't imagine Chelsea let Blackman go without the promise that he was first choice. So, um, you know, Peacock Farrell's done well there. He, he sort of answered a few question marks on Saturday with some terrific saves. Uh, Lewis Baker shown, shown a few glimpses when he's been off the bench and, and against Bolton in the cup. 
and yeah, we've just mentioned Bamford. Obviously, Douglas has started well, and um, yeah, fantastic. Um, good, good strength in depth. Jack Harrison as well. He's another one. You know, we've got genuine quality on the bench waiting to come on now. Yeah, we're going to need that with his injuries and suspensions. Well, and... Exactly. You know, we're already missing Janssen now. It's um, yeah, we're going to need those players in a couple of weeks' time, aren't we? I, th- I think Janssen's going to struggle to get in the team. In all honesty. Uh, I don't. I don't agree. Actually, I think you know. Obviously, he's got a lot of work to do to catch up with yeah. others on where they were in terms of pre-season. And I actually think we're really going to miss his height. Mm. Um, I think Berardi's done superbly. I'm, I'm not knocking Berardi at all. Um, but I think you know, a couple of time, a couple of weeks time, we've got Middlesbrough. Yeah. You know, They're a physical team, aren't they? Yeah. We know exactly how Tony Pulis is going to play. He's got Rudy Gestead up front. He's going to have corners laid. You know, Aiden Flint's going to be in the box. Tony Lyala's going to be in the box. They're going to load it hard. And I just fear, you know, however however good our football is, we're going to be undone by a team with a bit of physicality and a bit of height. You know, they'll, they'll play long balls. They'll win set pieces. And even there's a few Rotherham throw-ins which cause trouble on Saturday. You know, Cooper's not the biggest for a centre-half. Uh, and Berardi's certainly nowhere near that. So I think... It, I think I'd like to see Janssen play his way in there because we do need some with that sort of physicality and that sort of height. And Janssen will win the majority of his headers in there. And, you know, I, I think he's still got a massive role to play this season. We just need him to get fit, or to be else fit rather, and uh, get get in the team as quick as possible, in my opinion. Would you make any more signings with 11 days left of the window? Yeah, I would. Look, it's easy to get carried away, isn't it? I mean, we, you know, we started like this last year. Um, we, we didn't have a striker throughout August we sold Chris Wood uh, Caleb Ekiban had a promising game against Sunderland mm. J-Roy Grot showed some nice touches against Nottingham Forest and all looked rosy didn't it and mm. as it turns out we were way short of a goal scorer Lusogo came in and nowhere near the impact that Leeds needed out of him so um, yeah I think it's easy to get suckered in by early performances and I don't think that should detract on sort of the squad we're trying to build uh, I think we're obviously light at the back. Janssen's injured and, you know, Shocknessy's going to have to come in and, and cover. He's still a young lad, probably not ready um, for that sort of action, especially with Bielsa ball, if you like. Um, another centre mid, perhaps. You know, if, you know, you've seen the substitutions he's made. He's brought Shackleton on in there. He's not a natural central midfielder. He's brought Stuart Dallas on there against Stoke in the first game. He's obviously not a natural central midfielder. Um, and I know he says he's trying to obviously work players in different positions, but um, yeah, I still think we're, we're a couple of bodies light in my opinion. I think. Do you look at the free free transfer market, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Robert Hooth was linked and well, exactly. apparently, apparently pictured in the same place Vidra was in Leeds. So. That's not a good sign. Drinking. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I think Hooth would be a good sign. Do Do you think though? because of how the I guess the existing squad from last season performed that all of a sudden we have a lot more depth than we thought we had yeah of course we do I mean look at look at Cliff for a start he's been brilliant fantastic he's like a new signing and he, he couldn't even get in last summer's squad last season's squad let's not forget you know we farmed him out on loan for the second half of the season he's, he's like a brand new signing he looks brilliant he's calm with the ball he's cool he can shoot he can pass he moves you know he, he adds a bit of height to the team and a bit of physicality that perhaps we you know I like Forshaw and I think Forshaw will get back in the side quickly but um, you know Klitsch looks a more sort of powerful midfielder, doesn't he? Um, yeah, I totally agree. There, there is, you know, Berard, a lot of people were writing Berardi's career at Leeds off, weren't they, in the summer, saying he was finished, saying he was done. All of a sudden, he's starting centre half and looking like a, a real player again. Um, uh, and the same with Roof. How many predicted that Roof would still be in the starting eleven at the end of the season, especially when we've been linked with Abel Hernandez and Matty Vidra? Do you know what I mean? Um, 
yeah so i think that there are a few options that have sort of developed there um and with a bit more time we might start to see a few more come out of the woodwork i get i get the impression that Stuart dallas might be a player that could be malleable to be else's ways he's always struck me as a sort of professional who's eager to learn who's eager to work hard and you know with the, with the right coach i think he's the sort of player that could do well um uh, with the right right bit of coaching, Calvin Phillips, another one. What you know, we've not spoken about him yet. What a start he's yeah, had! It's on fire. You know, he's been so underrated. He's turned into the key player in the middle of that park, and uh, people still giving him criticism is just beyond me. The guy's been sensational. He, uh, he's like you've said, people still are criticising because of past seasons, or whatever. But he's been so vital in that midfield, in front of the in front of the 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 back three and the the two wing backs. He's, he makes so many things tick, going like getting the ball going forward. He's he's, he's a pivotal part of this team, and I, I, I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. I, for, like, for me, for me previously, I think whoever the coach was at the time were never getting the best out of him because I don't think they really knew the best place to put him. And sometimes I thought he would end up chasing the game because he wasn't being played to his strengths. Whereas now he's been given a defined role by Bielsa, and he's absolutely bossing it. He can pass, he can tackle. We know he can shoot from last season. He scored a couple of belters last year away at Norwich, um, home to Sheffield United. I just don't get the criticism. I, I really don't. It's like you compare it to Vieira. I love Ronaldo Vieira. I thought he was fantastic for Leeds, but you know he could never put a foot wrong. You know he'd misplaced passes left, right, and centre all over the pitch, and no one would bat an eyelid. Phillips would play one pass out of play, and the whole ground would be on his back. It's utterly bizarre. It was the same with Alex Mauer. He could never put a foot wrong. Scored a couple of pingers, and he was next to useless. Well, not slightly hard. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I know yeah, what you mean. Sometimes he was like he's running through treacle. Yeah. His range of passing wasn't particularly good either. And yet there was no, there was absolutely no criticism in his direction. But for some reason, Phillips just seems to get it left, right, and centre. I, I cannot understand it personally. Even last year, the guy's always tried hard. It's his hometown club. He's out of our academy. Why doesn't he get the same breaks the other people do? And I think um, a lot of the Phillips haters, you know, they're going to be proved very, very wrong. This year, but, yeah, well, well, so far they have been proved wrong because I think he's. I personally think, and you think, he's been fantastic. And I've, I've not always thought he was the best player or the worst player. But sometimes he frustrated me. And but at the moment, I can't, I can't honestly say a bad thing about him. And he, he's, he's still a, a young lad as well, Calvin. He is. People, he's I think people forget that. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we mentioned it before. It's like his first coach, Neil Redfern, was the one who gave him his debut. So how many coaches did that since? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Redfern, Rosler, Evans, Monk, Christensen, Heckingbottom. Look how many coaches that is in the first four years of his career. That's ridiculous. And uh, Milinic, was it? Yeah. Back yeah up, well, yeah. he would have been, he debuted under Redfern, so slightly earlier, but he'd yeah. have been around, so, certainly around the squad yeah. when Mil- Milinic and Hockaday were there, yeah. He was one of the Redfern boys, wasn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's crazy, that, isn't it? That is crazy. Ridiculous. Well, anyway, on to tomorrow night, Tom. Big game. Yeah. I mean, nine points out of nine so far in this month has been has been brilliant because we played Stoke and Derby, two teams that were obviously hotly tipped at the start of the season to be up there challenging. A breeze against both of them. Obviously beat Bolton in the Cup, beat Rotherham, and now we're off to Wales. Long way to travel for fans, long way to travel for the team. Swansea themselves unbeaten, have beat Preston 1-0, beat Sheffield United 2-1, drew with Birmingham 0-0. 
but they will go into the game with probably as much confidence as we have as well, won't they? They're at home. They've still got a decent squad despite getting relegated. I don't think they've really... They've not set the transfer market on, on fire compared to the, the big spenders like Stoke, but getting on with the business. They've got a new boss as well, Graham Potter. Live on Sky. If we play like we have done so far, then it's going, we've got a big, big chance of winning, haven't we? It's tricky one. This yeah. look, we haven't won at Swansea since before England won the World Cup. You know, it's 1964, the last time we won on their patch. We never, we never do well in Wales. We've got a miserable record in Cardiff as well. Um, yeah, Swansea have started well. Look, they're unbeaten. Um, I wasn't that impressed with them against Birmingham. Thought they rode their luck. They should have definitely lost that game. Mm. Um, a little bit disappointed that Janssen's injured. Uh, I thought they looked a bit weak at set pieces. I thought Birmingham got on top of them in that area. I think with sort of Douglas's delivery and Hernandez's delivery, that's a an area we should be targeting them in. Obviously, we've scored scored a couple now from set pieces. Got one against Stoke and one against Rotherham. So I think that's an area that Leeds can exploit. I actually think playing away from home is going to suit us. Um, you know, we saw how he absolutely dismantled Derby when Derby liked to pour forward. Potter's teams, from what I've seen so far, they seem they seem reasonably attacking. Is Sheffield United? They played some good stuff, kept it on the ground. And the same in that, you know, they've beaten Preston at home as well. I think I think it'd be a tricky ask, but I'm quite surprised they've started well. To be honest, you know, they've lost a lot of players. You look at the squad from last year: Fabianski's gone, Keeson Young's gone, Alfie Mawson's gone, Sam Clucas has gone, Federico Fernandez has gone, and of course Kyle Bartley as well. Mm. They've been, you know, selling players left, right, and centre. They've left the fans pretty unhappy. A few, a few signings in the lad, Chil- um, Burson Chilina, the one that was on loan at Ipswich last year. He looks half decent. He scored a pinger against us at Portland yeah. Road last year. Uh, Barry Mackay is a handy player in there, bit of pace. Um, McBurney so, back there as well. Yeah, yeah, and he's a he's a good player, isn't he? You know, we were we were linked with mm. him. We've seen he's got a goal scoring touch with Barnsley. He knows where the back of the net is. He's off off the mark this season, although he's missed a penalty as well. Um, well you know, they'll be a handy team. They've they've got some youth products coming through. That I was quite impressed with that Connor Roberts, who was uh, yeah. playing right back for them. The centre half, I think, is Roden, another young lad coming in there. There's Jay Fulton, the central midfielder. They've, they've sort of bred a bit of um, young talent throughout that side as well. So um, I think it's a tough ask this one. I think it's going to be a difficult trip. It's a long way down for us. It's a it's a busy week for us with Swansea and Norwich. It's a big one for the players and I think it's the sort of game actually where on reflection you go yeah actually point would be quite good here I don't think that would be the worst result in the world really um, temper expectations a little bit and um, you know get, get out of there with something positive I think I think everyone could be reasonably happy if we turned round without losing I think the, the most interesting thing for me is that we haven't really seen anything go wrong yet have we through all the games, we've either we dominated Stoke, we dominated Derby, we ended up dominating against Rotherham, we started off dominating against Bolton, they got back into it, but we haven't really been through a game yet where there's been a patch of uh, going behind, um, playing playing sloppily for extended periods. We've not really been able to see how the players cope yet with being in a bad situation, have we? No, I mean, there's sort of Derby obviously levelled it up at 1-1 yeah. and it was good to see the reaction there. The players responded really well to it. They didn't seem phased. It would have been interesting if that Rotherham goal had gone in. Mm. Obviously, we were very sloppy, nearly gifted them the lead. But you're right, you know, four games now, we've not been, been behind in a single one of them. And let's not forget the fact that Leeds didn't win a single game from behind last season. Mm. 
Um, so that's going to be the first tough test. Somebody's going to take the lead against us. It's going to yeah. happen. Uh, and it's, you know, test the lad's character when, when stuff isn't going right. Can they stick to that game plan? Can they stick to the style that they've implemented? Can they have the confidence to play like that? Mm. You know, it's all very well and good stroking the ball around like that when you're falling up. But, um, you know, if you're 1 0 down on a difficult Tuesday night in Swansea, are we still going to see the sort of, you know, the same response? And I think that's where the real test's going to lie. And um, hopefully we won't have to answer it this week. But, yeah, at some point we're going to have to see what we're made of. We will, and hopefully it isn't tomorrow, and hopefully we do win. I'm guessing we'll, we'll probably be unchanged. I don't think there's any reason to change it. Obviously, we know that Janssen is, is out of action with a back injury. But other than that, I think it's going to be much of the same, isn't it, really? I think so. I think it'll be the same 11. Um, Which is, I think it, he might be it, tempted to bring Janssen in. Um, I don't know, it's not a bad thing, but obviously we've got to manage... We've got the Preston game in the Cup where there will be changes. I think that'll be the... The so-called second team, if you like, though, if you call a £7 million striker a second team, that's not too bad going, is it? Uh, perhaps we'll see a change. Maybe maybe one of the wide players, you know, you look at Hernandez, you look at Alioski, would he be tempted to put Harrison in in for a game? You know, you've got Norwich coming up on Saturday. Perhaps we'll, perhaps we'll swap one of the wide players out. Obviously, they do a lot of running. It's, it's hard work. And um, especially maybe Hernandez with his age, perhaps we'll see a change out there. I don't think we'll see unchanged 11s go from... Uh, Swansea to Norwich so I think he'll, he'll possibly maybe have something up his sleeve um, maybe maybe one change I'll go with one of the wingers I think Harrison might get a start and obviously the, from tomorrow it kicks off a spell of four games in, in ten in ten days which is intense I know we're, we're a very intense team now but and tough games as tough well. as well This, I mean August in general is it, it's a very tough month and for us to be on nine points out of nine so far is it's probably where I would have thought we might have been at the end, to be honest. We might still be, yeah. but... So, it's... It, I'm, I'm, like I've already touched on, I'm very interested to see how we react to really being under the cosh, sort of, maybe going 1-0 down or 2-0 down, because at the moment we're, we're effectively dominating the games we're playing, aren't we? And I thought it was important to see how the fans react. Exactly, well. yeah. When we lose that first game, people can't sort of jump off the bandwagon. Yeah, so it's, and, you know, yeah, get all negative yeah. again. I mean, this is the championship. It's forty-six long games. Teams lose to everybody. You just you, know, you just have to look at all the results. Like Fulham was seventeenth in December last season. You know their last defeat before they went in that long twenty-odd game and beaten run was to Sunderland, who got finished bottom of the league and got relegated. Um, you, you just have to. This league is a bizarre league. It throws up very strange results. Anybody can genuinely beat anybody, even the bottom of the league team. You know they are a threat on their day, and I think people have to remember that it's a tough league and there's some serious competitors in it. There's going to be a lot of defeats like this season. I'm not sure we'll see a sort of. Uh, I thought Stoke might run away with it a bit, but they've had a bad start. Mm, they haven't um, won a game, so have they? Yeah, exactly. They've not, not won a single game. Um, you know, Villa held at Ipswich last week. That's not something you'd have put on your acker. Um, so I think a lot of points will be taken off a lot of teams. There's going to be teams finishing down in 15th who were, would have fancied themselves having a playoff tilt mm. this year. So I think, you know, it's important not to get carried away and it's important not to um, get in the lads back when we do lose a game, be it Tuesday, be it Saturday, be it the week after against Middlesbrough. Um, so, yeah, they, these four games could be crucial. Score prediction for tomorrow? I'm going to go 1-1. Uh, I think we'll score. I think they'll score. I think we might see that as a familiar pattern this season. Leeds are both teams to score bet. It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a fair, fair punt this campaign. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit negative, but I think um, 
might be a little bit leggy on a Tuesday night having obviously played on Saturday and then thoughts on another game on the coming Saturday as well that, that schedule's got me in the mind and I, I'll be happy with the point I'll be happy to come out there with a the point I think it would keep us ticking over and you know we keep winning at Ellen Road we keep turning teams over you know we'll um, there'll, be, there'll be easier places to win than Swansea that's for sure Yeah it'll be a tough game I, I'm going to go for a win to be honest narrow 1-0 victory I know that their game so far have been decided by one goal so I'm going to continue that trend for them but it's going to be a 1-0 win to Leeds I think good positive yeah that's what we're all about in this podcast yeah I should have followed suit but there we go <laughs> so what's, your, what's your overall overall thoughts so far on Bielsa fantastic long may it continue it's just brilliant to watch the football's fantastic the atmosphere's fantastic the mood's fantastic it's what football should be all about we're so excited I've got everybody asking me about Leeds constantly and it's just such a change from the dour miserable mood that surrounded the club at the end of last year it's brilliant to watch long may it continue well, I, 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 I think there's a, there's a slight Premier League feeling about Leeds again now and I think we're heading in the right direction as long as the season obviously continues on this upward trend and we don't go through disastrous suspensions and injuries like last season, I think we'll be up there. And I think Bielsa is, is the perfect man for the job at, at hand because we've been out of the Premier League for too, not too long now. And somebody like him, is just, for me, is the perfect fit. Long may his reign continue, to be honest. I think he just fascinates me. He absolutely fascinates me. Not because he's got such a global reputation. That that speaks for itself. But you hear him in press conferences and he's so, like... He's, like, so... Humble. Humble, yeah. Humble is the right word, actually. When people are sort of... You can tell that the, the, the journalists in their own unique way are fascinated by him. And he just... He just takes it on his... All in, in his stride, and he's like, and he even said something along the lines of like, when an opportunity like Leeds comes up, you can't turn it down, sort of thing. It's like, this is one of the best coaches in the world coming to a team who historically are, are a big club, but we've been anything but big in recent years. And he's and he's he's acting as if like we're, it, we've given him like a million dollars or something. It's it's, it's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I totally agree. Right, we'll leave it there then, uh, Mr. Mordy, and hopefully, you hopefully your travels down to Wales tomorrow, up to Wales, from across, across to Wales. Wales, yeah, from where you're from. Sorry, yeah, long old drive. Yeah, hopefully it bears some uh, bears some fruit for you. And, yeah, and, fingers crossed. And the rest it'll of the a, supporters. Be a long drive home along yeah. the M4. Otherwise, they'll, they'll be doing some miles, won't they, the next ten days? Uh, oh yeah. The fans and the players. <laughs> Norwich, Norwich isn't a, a small drive either, is it for people? It's n- n- yeah, absolutely not from Leeds, that's no. for sure. Slightly better for me, but there we go. Right, thank you very much for listening. Me and Tom will be back as soon as possible next week to cover the goings on at Ellen Road. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, all of the good stuff on social media, and we'll see you next time.